Welcome to the Work Wonders Podcast, where we simplify HR for small business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and see what you've been wondering about. In today's episode, we are interviewing Ben Robinson and Jessica Hill, and we're going to talk all about diversity and inclusion, why it's important for your business and how it can benefit you. They both have a really interesting work history to share and also some unique insights. So let's get started. This is the Work Wonders Podcast. For today's guest interview, I'm delighted to be welcoming our two guests, Ben Robinson and Jessica Hill. Hi, Jess. Hi. And hello, Ben. Welcome. Hi, Susan. Now, I've known Ben and Jess for about a decade and watched their careers grow and it's just a thrill for me to have them here talking to us about diversity and inclusion today. So, rather than me introducing you both, I'd like you to introduce yourself. So, Jessica, would you like to go first? Sure thing. Thanks for the invitation to join the show. I'm excited to be here. My background has been in human resources over the past 20 years. I've held people and culture leadership roles across a range of sectors and industries. I'm a certified HR practitioner through our peak body ARI and I've gained my certification through the diversity and inclusion work I led in a previous organisation choice. Diversity and inclusion is an area close to my heart. My mother's family immigrated to Australia in the 50s from Italy and my dad had a disrupted education due to immigrating to Australia from Italy and then returning to Italy while undertaking his studies. The stories and experiences from my family sparked my passion for inclusion and belonging to build inclusive workplaces that deliver people, customer and business outcomes. I've also been a client of Susan's through Balance at Work for over 10 years. Thanks, Jess. Uh, ben, how about you? Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, my career actually started... Um, in retail. So I was on the shop floor, I moved into an administration manager role and naturally gravitated towards the people side of things, hiring, inductions and the like. I got my first break as a recruiter for Coles Meyer and I guess that's where I really cut my teeth and decided that I enjoyed HR. I moved into a generalist role and I guess over the kind of the last 10 years I've been in roles that have specialised towards organisational development, things like change, leadership, talent and, uh, of course, today's topic, diversity and inclusion. So at the moment, I'm working in Susan's team as a consultant and coach, working primarily with small to medium companies and not-for-profits to develop their culture and leadership with a focus on coaching. I'm also juggling some in-house contracts which are giving me new perspectives and building my experience. Similar to Jess, uh, in addition to bringing the organisational lens to DNI, it's also a topic of personal interest with myself being a member of the LGBTQI community. Uh, so Jess and I have worked together in several previous roles over our careers and that's been something I've really enjoyed. Uh, most recently we worked together at Lancom, which is the New South Wales government's property development arm, mm -hmm. where we established the diversity and inclusion program from scratch uh, and we were really excited that uh, after we both left, the organisation went on to win the Urban Development Institute of Australia Diversity and Inclusion Award. Fantastic. So you can see that we've got a lot of experience here in the room and we've got some questions for them too. Okay, Ben, I'll address this one to you. Can you start by telling us what we mean when we're talking about diversity and inclusion? Sure. 
So I guess the terms diversity and inclusion are often lumped together and assumed to mean the same thing. Though these terms are related and usually used in the same context, it's important to understand the difference between them. Simply put, diversity is the mix of people in your organisation. So diversity refers to all the ways in which we differ. So whether that be Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander background, age, education, gender or profession. So inclusion's really focused on getting this mix to work. So inclusion occurs when a diversity of people are respected, connected, progressing and contributing to organisational success. So many organisations approach this from a pure compliance perspective. Mm. So think about some of the things that have been in this podcast like discrimination. People look at it from that lens. But as organisations move from compliance, this focus on diversity, equity and inclusion becomes more important and a vital part of your culture. Thanks for that, Ben. You mentioned um, equity as well as diversity and inclusion. So what's the difference when what's equity all about, Jess? Yes, there, there are many acronyms related to diversity and inclusion used today. Sometimes organisations will use these interchangeably, though it's important to understand the nuances. The existence of different acronyms reflects society's evolving understanding They are all important elements, although I don't think you need to get caught up on the terms. It's the intent and the ability that it gives us to look through different lenses. So the common phrases we hear are diversity, equity and inclusion. The E in the D, E and I stands Mm. for equity. So fair treatment for all while striving to identify and eliminate inequalities and barriers. So equity is different from equality. Equality is simply treating everyone the same whereas equity recognises that advantages and barriers exist and that we don't all start from the same place. So as such, organisations may need to do things differently, meet people where they are at or by applying uh, individual adjustments at that level. Have you got an example for us, Jess, about equity versus equality? Sure. So I guess uh, when we we think about equity, if we... um, simply in an interview context are freewheeling interviews that can result in candidates being evaluated differently, also allowing bias to creep in. So if we brought in, say, structured interviews, this allows us to help make systemic change. To achieve true equity, organisations should take the structured interview a little further by allowing reasonable adjustments to be made at an individual level um, whilst they're interviewing for a role. Actually, Jess, that makes me think of a good example when we worked together at a previous organisation where if someone perhaps wasn't as accessible as someone else, you know, we'd consider where would we hold our interviews? Will we hold them on the ground floor where someone who's potentially in a wheelchair could access the room easily or did we book them on the second floor? So I guess for me that was a really practical example and something I'm quite mindful of. Mm. So that's actually a good way to tell the difference, isn't it? I do like that. If today's episode is giving you some light bulb moments, why not leave us a review? We'd really appreciate it. Jess, why is inclusion and belonging so important? For me, the goal should be inclusion and belonging. Diversity or the mix won't stick without achieving or working towards an inclusive uh, workplace. Yeah, I think that whole belonging piece is, is so important if I think of My daughter Sophie, who has an intellectual disability and is coming up for her sixth anniversary in a role, 
the reason that that has worked so well for her is that apart from treating her with, from an equity perspective, having her there as part of their diversity program, there's a lot of effort put into helping her feel like she belongs and she does belong there. She's part of the whole organisation. Oh, wonderful. And I think for organisations, it's thinking through how do we get to a place where people feel accepted, valued and that they belong. So when I, I think about diversity, inclusion and belonging, I think about inclusion as fairness and respect. We can take this further by creating an environment of belonging. And what we mean by belonging as an employee, can I bring my authentic, respectful self to work? Mm. Can I be myself? I'm not needing to hide or modify who I am or parts of me. And when we achieve this sense of belonging, I feel my voice is heard and that I matter. Lovely. This also speaks to the work of Amy Edmondson, Psychological Safety. So can we take risks on this team without feeling insecure or embarrassed or without fear of negative consequences? Psychological safety we know is one of the key drivers of successful teams and cultures. Sure is. So Jess, can you give us some examples from your work experience in terms of you know, implementing that and, and how it works in, in an actual workplace? Sure. So examples in my current workplace, we're thinking about how do we create inclusion and belonging. And for me, that firstly starts with understanding the team. We've looked at inclusive hiring practices and leadership and also inclusive spaces with over 70% female representation in our workplace, lactation support and space, return to work resources, mentoring, training and development is critical for, for our workforce. We also want to create inclusive practices for the other 30%. So we deliberately seek out different perspectives to build inclusion. This is embedded in one of our values, Lead with Love. We're also looking at this from a customer perspective building a diversity inclusion plan anchored in our business, looking at how we will represent and reach families globally. I love that, Susan, the intention. I think that's such an important part to it. Most definitely. And also the, um, the linking of diversity to the outward looking and the future of your organisation and being able to reflect that and the customer base in your internal staff and your teams. So I've probably uh, started us off on <laughs> what the benefits might be of having a diverse and inclusive workforce. Let's start with you, Ben. Do you have some ideas on that? Yeah, thanks, Susan. Um, besides it being the right thing to do, it will lead to better business. So there is significant research that links diversity and inclusion to improve profit and performance, innovation, creativity, talent management, engagement and well-being. Employers also have a legal set of obligations and responsibilities not to discriminate against employees and take all reasonable steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, victimisation or bullying. So anchoring diversity and inclusion efforts into the organisational business objectives is critical. If you reflect the communities you serve in your workplace, you will respond better to their needs and achieve business outcomes. In other words, opportunities to grow your business and reach both a broader client or customer base. Other benefits include internal outcomes, so things like accessing broader talent pools, really topical at the moment. Jess, I'm sure you've got some more benefits you'd like to add there. 
Sure. I guess we we know there's a lot of research out there into the benefits of diversity and inclusion at an organisational level and also at an individual level. So the research from McKinsey and the Diversity Council of Australia finds that organisations that really land diversity and inclusion will find that they're likely to have financial returns above industry. They're more likely to have engaged and committed employees They'll also have employees who stay longer, which uh, Ben mentioned earlier. And during the time of the Great Resignation, this is a really powerful benefit. Employees in inclusive organisational cultures are three times likely to report that their team is highly effective. They're more likely to indicate that their team's innovative. They're also likely to indicate that their team provides excellent customer or client service and they're more likely to receive regular career development opportunities. So we can see that there are really benefits all around for employers and employees, which in turn uh, benefits customers. Lots of great benefits there. And um, doesn't it sound great, Susan? I think that's ultimately what we're all trying to achieve. But look, if I address this to you, Ben, what do you think is making it so hard to achieve? Usually people are hesitant out of fear of getting it wrong. And I know that's the same Mm. as me when I was in a HR role. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to upset or offend anybody. So the typical response is not to try Mm. or taking it further, starting and then stopping the minute you get pushed back. Mm. Our workplaces are really demanding us to focus on diversity and inclusion. Our teams do want to see action, word, policies and statements are no longer enough. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that pushback that I mentioned. For a company that's the beginning of their diversity equity and inclusion journey, it's quite common. Don't halt your efforts. Some discomfort is at the root of these forms of pushback. Push through it, create some space uh, that's safe to explore what people are saying and create some ways forward. Remember to meet your teams where they are. It's all very contextual based on your your staff, the size of organisation and your industry. I love that. Everybody's different aren't they it's what we're getting at here it's it's all about the individual isn't it no one employee is the same as another's so the question that we uh, ask everybody (laughs) is what's the one thing you'd recommend that our listeners could do today that will make a difference you can go first with this one Ben there's so many things that could be done I guess I just want to start by saying just start don't be afraid to start small start the conversation in your workplace if you haven't already It could be a simple question at a team meeting, asking for your team's perspectives on what diversity and inclusion means to them. Or even better, what does it mean to our customers or whoever we're selling our service to? Go where there is team energy. Look for a champion or champions in your business to drive diversity and inclusion. A bottom-up approach with people who have passion for change are perfect for this. My advice, gather some data and just start by addressing some small incremental actions in your workplace. Something such as acknowledging and celebrating key cultural events such as Diwali can start to create some space and the opportunity to develop further work. And of course, if you need help, make sure you reach out to someone like us to help you. It's a big topic, isn't it? Diversity, inclusion, everything we've been talking about today. But I guess your message is just start somewhere. It doesn't have to be scary. Just make a decision to start and have that intention of looking after your staff. Yes. I actually have two things, if that's okay. Of course. We tend to make assumptions based on our own path or lived experience. So my advice would be, be curious, ask questions, consult with your teams, 
What do they care about? You'll find that curiosity leads to inclusion. I can share an example when I wasn't curious enough. Mm-hmm. We had a anonymous request for a hairdryer to be placed in the bathrooms in one of my workplaces. Okay. I didn't ask any questions. I simply went out, bought a hairdryer, put it in the female toilets. Feedback came back through the anonymous platform that it was actually a male member of staff that had requested the hairdryers to be placed in the bathroom. (laughs) So that's a really uh, great example of how we all have our own own bias and and we need to um, challenge ourselves. Yeah. And the second one is put in place some measures. It needs to work in your business context. So perhaps it's it's one to two measures that holds the organisation accountable. And it also sends a clear message to the team around what you value and what you'll focus on. I'm sure your listeners have heard the saying, what gets measured gets done. Mm. Thanks so much for your time today, Jess and Ben. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Angela. Thanks, Susan. It was a pleasure having you. Well, we talked today about diversity and what it means for your business, why it's important, and how to encourage inclusion in your workforce. There was lots of information in today's episode, so we'll be sure to give a really good summary of all the info and tips that Ben and Jess have shared today in our show notes, and you can access that on our website. How are you planning to start the conversation for your own business? Head over to our socials on LinkedIn, where Work Wonders podcast, and let us know. you're listening to the work wonders podcast hit subscribe now so you never miss an episode and if you enjoyed today's why not tell your friend and maybe even leave us a review so what have you been wondering about you can pop onto our website workwonderspodcast.com.au and let us know we'll talk to you again soon